It's time for our conversation with Bob and Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Hi, part two. Part two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to talk about the Durham report, but not the report itself, but a, a media observation that I made. So the history of this thing, we had the three years of Russia collusion, if you recall, mainstream, the majority of the media was pushing this story that Trump colluded with Russia to influence an election. Now, I've already explained how from the very beginning, there was clear evidence that the Hillary campaign did it the same thing. Mm -hmm. So they admitted that they used a foreign ex-agent to get information from Russia. And, you know, this thing of things that Trump did while in Russia. But they said, that's okay. That's just oppo research. Well, now the Durham report is, there's been evidence all along that that was all based on this dossier. There was no other evidence. And as it turns out, there's not even a video that, that supposedly existed showing Trump doing these things. So this Durham report, hey, basically video of what video, not the peeing tape, right? Not the yeah. peeing tape. P they tape. said there was a P tape? I don't think there's a P tape. Yeah. Okay. They, I believe they said there was one at the time, early on. So okay. there's no P tape. There's no There's P -tape. literally everything okay. was based on a made up a dossier is just something that someone writes down and it's their own personal observations. I there's no evidence behind it. It's like a logbook. I can write a dossier right now. So that was the 100% of the evidence that went to the FISA court. They spied on Trump. They didn't question the evidence brought before the court, which was little to none. It was only that. And so what you end up with the Durham report is the lie, the Trump-Russia collusion lie influenced the election. After the report came out, this brings into question again the trustworthiness of the FBI and federal law enforcement. And so I went online, I did a Durham Report news search, and about half the results said this is important, this is something Americans need to care about, and we need to worry about what's going on in the FBI. The other half all said it was just garbage, it was nothing, it proved nothing, it didn't. But the interesting thing was quite a few of the left-wing news sources like Washington Post and whatnot had stories treating it seriously. MSNBC was all in the bag against it. So... My thought was, okay, this this is – I've lost faith in the American people because they follow the media. They follow the news. Well, I came across this poll, Harvard uh, Caps. I think it's the Center for American Political Studies. So the Harvard Caps-Harris poll. And they asked voters, are you concerned or not concerned about interference by the FBI and intelligence agencies in a future presidential election? Very concerned, 37 percent, somewhat concerned, 33 percent. So 70 percent of the people are concerned that the FBI and intelligence agencies might interfere in a future election. And the next question, does the U.S. government need wide-ranging reform to prevent interference in elections by law enforcement and the intelligence community, or have we already made changes post-2016? Now, part of this comes from the whistleblowers. So the whistleblowers revealed a lot of things about how this problem started when the FBI was brought back into the intelligence. So they now have an intelligence arm, and in order to justify their existence, they have to be doing intelligence work against inside America. So they say that's where the conflict began. But anyway, uh, 
the FBI responded, yeah, we made some mistakes in 2016 and we're fixing all that. So the question was, do you believe they've already fixed all of that? And the 71% said they still need wide-ranging reform. And that includes 65% of Democrats, 72% of independents, and 76% of Republicans. Uh, the Durham report concluded that the FBI violated its own standards in starting the Trump-Russia probe and became a funnel for disinformation from the Hillary Clinton campaign and that the investigation of Trump and his campaign should never have been launched. Does this conclusion surprise you or not surprise you? 31% were surprised. 69% not surprised. Uh, 79% of Republicans not surprised. 55% of Democrats not surprised. Uh, there's one about Biden's mental illness and is he too old for office? Same types of numbers. Um, then there's another yeah, about... 100% he's too old for office. <laughs> well, is Joe Biden mentally fit to serve as president or do you have doubts about his fitness for office? 76% uh, of Democrats said he was mentally fit. Uh, 76%? 76%. 83% of Republicans said he is. they have doubts, and 65% oh of independents. Do you think Joe Biden is showing he is too old to be president, or do you think he is showing he is fit to be president? Democrats, 67% say he is fit. 94% of Republicans say he's showing he's too old and 74% of independents. So that one was, you know, still some significant numbers of Democrat, but it was, it was party line. Then there was another one about Trump, um, you know, winning. Here's an interesting one. Musk. So they did a graph of how favorable do you see these political figures and the highest ranking was very favorable. The next was favorable. Never heard of them. No opinion. Unfavorable. Very unfavorable. Number one in the combining very favorable and favorable was Elon Musk. He's got a 47% net favorable and a 33% net unfavorable. Donald Trump has 27% very favorable, a 47, 46% net favorable and a 47% unfavorable. So his is sort of mixed. And then Ron DeSantis is number three, 45. And below him is Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, Mike Pence, you know, so you go down the line. But the top three most favorable political figures are Elon Musk, Donald Trump, and Ron DeSantis. Hmm. And Bernie Sanders after them. <laughs> so that's just I was really happy to see that. I'm like, finally, finally, the American people are starting to see through this and that the all the time and energy that the Republicans put into this Durham probe and now this whistleblower, it's not wasted. So elections do matter. Do you think that's going to change 2024 election? If if I true, this is what I truly believe. If Trump wins the primary of the Republican primary, that just going to give Democrat another win because his unfavorability is so high. Yes. I think even some of the Republicans and look at him and just say, you know, now that we don't like his policy, he just have too much baggages. So in that sense, um, I think, you know, of course, every Republican candidates are going to be attacked by the media. Right. But Trump specifically, 
it's going to be attacked on all sides. And I still think that he should drop out of the race and let somebody else take over. Um, I think the country understands there's two justice systems. Because we look at the Hunter Biden, we look at Biden family, what they've done, um, especially Hunter's son, you know, smokes crack, making all kinds of money from all these entities that he said, I was, I was trying to find this comedian clip and he said, I want to be on a Biden train, but not Joe Biden. I want to be Hunter Biden. You know, he went from a banker, Chinese investment banker to a Ukrainian oil expert to a international selling artist, all smoking crack and sleeping with prostitutes. What a great life, right? Mm -hmm. Never got in trouble, bought a gun illegally. And if that would, if one slice of thing would happen to any of the Trump kids or even Trump, I mean, I still can't believe that rape charge was ruled in favorable of that woman in New York. I should not be surprised because it's not a criminal. Mm -hmm. It was civil libel. But people look, people think it's criminal. But look at the difference with the treatment between the two. Here, Joe Biden busy sniffing little girl's hair. He gets away with it. Oh, that's just Uncle Joe. If Trump, this woman come up with this whole story, what Trump did to her in the department store changing room, and afterwards she still went off shopping. Are you kidding me? Like, is this past the smell test? No, she's suing again. So it, Trump just have too much baggages. You know, I, I think Tim Scott just announced he's going to be running. He supposedly have the most money out of all the candidates. He raised $22 million. I just think that, um, but going back to what you talked about the media, first of all, that whole dossier thing is nothing but a complete bullshit lie, Right. Now we know. Now I mean, we know. Evidence. We have all the evidence to prove It's not it. even opposition <laughs> research. I mean, if you do opposition research, you find something that's concrete right. evidence. Say, hey, there's an arrest report. Somebody had a DUI. That's opposition research. If you just write up a bunch of lies with absolutely no evidence, that just lie. That's not even evidence. And everybody come out and admitted the fact that that Hunter laptop the 52 intelligent, these high-ranking intelligent officers signed a paper, said this is have all the Russian footprint in it. Now I'll say, oh, yeah, we just did it to give Biden a talking point. Are you kidding me? They, they, These people know they can get away with it. You know, they say all uh, elections are local. I think that the Republicans in the blue, in the blue states and especially in the purple states like Pennsylvania, Allegheny County, it's more blue than purple now. They it's we've lost a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, the biggest weapon they use against Trump and Republicans, you keep hearing it, MAGA Republicans. So they paint them as extremists. They use the abortion issue and they use January 6th. Mm -hmm. So they use all that to say these people are extreme. So I think it's upon the local committees, the local groups of Republicans and individuals to not live out this extremist persona. They have to show that they're reasonable, normal people. You're smiling. <laughs> you don't think it's possible. No, I, I, 
I think it's possible. I know where you're getting at, and we have discussion off the air multiple times. The 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 problem is, you're gonna have a group of people um, that is not necessarily looking at the united front, the benefit of being united. You have a group of people, and it's not a small group. No. They are there to vent and complain, and but there's no real goal or agenda. There's not real things they want to concretely do. If you get together once a month just to complain and be disappointed and fighting within this party, it's never going to be any good. I mean... We just had, for I'll give you an example, you, you know, we just had a countywide election. Uh, Republican has one candidate, and Democrats I had, I don't know, seven, six or seven. Mm-hmm. Well, the one person that no one thought it was going to win, it was Sarah Namorado, who is a very progressive, you know, uh, not in the traditional Democratic sense. She's like, she's similar to AOC. Not so much to Bill Clinton, but the people that had a chance, they all lost. Who lost? The middle-aged, old white men all lost. And we have Sarah Inamorano as the next uh, candidate of the Democratic Party. Now, here's what Republican Party has an opportunity here to say, look, we have Joe Rocky, who is a very modest Republican here. He's he's not socially conservative and he's actually, you know, he can really do something here. And you can always take a lot of people from the other side. The the seven people that are lost, you can take all their voter with you. But I don't want to be pessimistic. However, you already have a big fraction within the Republican Party in Allegheny County. What do they do? They call Joe Rocky a rhino. They call him a Democrat in disguise. I mean, it's already passing it around. That's not going to help Republican to win. Marxists use chaos. So the whole idea behind a Marxist communist takeover is to tear down all the existing systems that are there. Religion, values, family. They have to attack everything. That's the structure of a society. So they create chaos by tearing everything down, and then they step in and say, we're going to fix it. Well, right. it's the um, passionate people that are living just around the 2020 election and just around – they have this – like. The people that use the word rhino, they go to they're going to committees and they're creating chaos. They're just arguing and and throwing out objections and complaining and turning all the committee meetings into chaos. We had one incident in a local committee where one of the more establishment guys actually pulled a gun out of his car. Yeah. Because it's been going on and on and on. The meetings were not making progress their meetings you know they're so they think that they're going to accomplish something by creating all this chaos and all they're really accomplishing is you know tearing down the republican party so the democrats have a walk well here's and, another thing if you look at the uh, primary only 32 percent registered voter came out to vote out of that eighty-six thousand some change apply for mail-in ballot that's on the democrat side 
And then only 11,000 Republicans applied for the mail-in ballot. Now, when I looked at the mail-in ballot return rate, the Republican side is much higher because out of 86,000, I think it's only 71,000 returned their mail-in ballot on the Democrat side, but majority of the Republican return it. But you still got a big deficit there, right? So if people want to win, if the local, if the Republican want to win the November general election, they need have, they need to have a purpose for people to fight for. That's what Democrats are really good at. Democrat yes. has a pop purpose. You have the mega Republican and January said that's your enemy. We need to fight against them. However, Republican side does not have any good messaging for people to say to be passionate to come out and say, "Wow, we really need to fight against that." Well, their enemies in their enemies inside. They're fighting the enemy in within. Within, right? Yeah, that's there's, a, there's the party needs to grow locally. There's not enough candidates. There's not enough people engaged. And I think people people are afraid or turned off because of the Democrat messaging. Well, I've been involved in the Allegheny County Republican side of the politics since 2016. And here's what I see, what I would suggest. And number one, the party has to unite. Number two, we need to focus... They, Table, you know, kitchen table issues. I think protecting women's sports. I think making sure the kids are excel academically. Those are very important things. That should be important to everybody, right? Should be. A couple of shows ago, I said, I cannot imagine only conservative Republican have girls and have girls in sports. I'm sure a lot of people have girls, regardless of what party or race you're from, and they participate in sports. I think that's a big issue. Republican can really get a win on. Now we have the border, right? The six and a half million illegal migrants are being spread all over the country now. At, you know, it was interesting for me to see people from South Chicago yelling, build a wall, we cannot handle this, you're shipping criminals all over the country. That's going to influence everybody's daily lives. Right. That is not something Republican, there's no split between Republican and Democrat. I don't see no Democrat open their house and say, migrants welcome, right? Everybody have their door locked <laughs> to live their own life. So I think those are issues Republican can absolutely run on and win. But another thing I've seen a lot of the committee people is they don't, they get together every month. There's not really like an action plan. They get together every month, they complain, they vent, they go home, they live their lives. There's really not a concrete action plan or a candidate recruitment say, hey, we have school board up two years from now. Let's look within our community to right. see who we can recruit. Wow. And then we'll train them for two years and help them for two years and give them full support, right? It's nothing like that. If you look no, at the we, path, we need two years, not two months. <laughs> right. If you look at the path of all these people getting elected in, Joey Andrews that was replaced Tony DeLuca in the Penn Hills area. Mm -hmm. He has been involved in po local politics for the past seven years. Two years ago, the Democratic Committee made him the chairman of the Penn Hills Democratic Party. That's one of the biggest Democratic committee in the area. 
So he easily become won the whole thing because he is with his committee people, they're activists. Seven years of work to get this kid to that point, to be the state rep. Sarah Inamorado, same thing. He's our, she's our state representative for how many years? She's very, she's involved. She's in the community. Boom. Now she's the Democratic primary for a candidate. What do we have? Exactly. Two years, not two months. And the people want to get together, say, we'll support you. We go door now. We do this. By no. the time it comes, it doesn't happen. I mean, we need to, we need to unite what we have and we need to grow. And they, those two go hand in hand. So I, I have a question. How many rhinos brought us the Durham investigation and the whistleblower hearings? How many rhinos sat in on those committees? I mean, wasn't McCarthy a rhino? Didn't McCarthy. I hear that? Yeah. When, when they, oh, he's a rhino. He's a loser. He's not, you know. So they've created this purity test. They've said it's all about Trump. And it's all about the 2020 election. And if, yeah. if you don't pass the purity test, then you're the enemy. You're worse than a Democrat. You're a rhino. And that's just splintering. And we're going to create chaos within the party. So despite that, on the national level, the Republicans took over the House. And look at how much has changed. Okay. Sure, there were no indictments after the dorm report. But I just showed you the polls and how people view the FBI. I mean, come on. Two years ago, you were looking at the FBI and the whole country trusts the FBI. Conservatives are like, they're coming after us. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Now the whole country sees it and you're mm -hmm. going to ignore that. I mean, that's a big win. But well, how many rhinos? So the more you keep Republicans out of office, the less of that you're going to get. In Pennsylvania, the Democrats have taken over the House by a one seat majority. Right. Okay. And that's how the House Bill 300 got passed. House, House Bill 300. So parents yep. are going to lose rights over their children. Let's yep. talk about Second Amendment. Pennsylvania is a shall issue state. OK, not not long ago, the first handgun I bought, the sheriffs had to approve you. Mm -hmm. They had to look. They, they had discretion over you. Not anymore because of Republicans being in there. We're now a shall issue state. So if you want a gun, if you want a concealed carry permit, then it's your constitutional right in Pennsylvania to get it. They have to prove that you did something wrong, like you're a felon to not get it. So you don't need a good excuse to have it. That's not true in a lot of blue states. So well I Again, that could go away in a heartbeat without Republicans. So, you know, yeah, we're, you're going to have some Republicans. Talk, let's just talk about a big tent. It, it means that not everybody in office is going to agree with you on every issue. Right. Go out and start a company. Go out and start a company and say, I'm only going to hire people that agree with me on every single thing. So, number one, you're not going to be nearly as effective as a company. And number two, you're never going to find people. You're just going to oh, hire them and fire them, hire them and fire them. If I want to have somebody that agrees with me on everything, I wouldn't be married right now. You wouldn't be married. My right. husband and I disagree on many, many things. We have to compromise on a daily basis. But that's what makes things better. You know, make he handles certain things, I handle certain things. But that's what makes... A partnership better is you disagree on things because mm -hmm. you and I disagree on a lot of things, right. but
but that's what made this show better. If you if everything you said, I'm like, yes, I agree. Everything I say, yes, yeah, I agree. It's not going to be that no. great of a show. It'll be boring. Um, oh, I just lost my train. Oh, here's my problem too. Don't do mail-in ballot. They cheating. They're cheating. They're cheating. Let's not do mail-in ballot. We need to get rid. How many people? Republican I talked to and said we need to get rid of mail-in ballot. Okay, guess what? You don't have the majority in the legislature body to get rid of mail-in ballot. Right. Keep talking about it. Well, it's not going to do you any good. Is mail-in ballots the only way to cheat? I mean, come on. You could cheat other ways. But the, what people need to understand is very simple. Mail-in ballots has just given, because of the disparity, the Democrats guaranteed are going to win the turnout battle. Right. Because they've made it. They have a large number of people that don't even have to go out on Election Day. And they exactly. can have door knockers go to their house and say, did you vote yet? When are you going to vote? So you can track those mail-in ballots. That's a tool. So whether they're cheating or not cheating, the Republicans are not using a tool, a powerful tool to get you know, increase the turnout of Republicans on Election Day. And they're just not using it because they, they you know, some, uh, I don't know, moral stance. You know, we're going to do it on principle. We're not going to uh, support it. It's not about support. It's about a tool. We're going to use it or not. Well, I'm going to give you a perfect example. Before I ran for school board, I felt the same way about mail-in ballot. But I decided to go out right after Labor Day to go door knocking I only door knock for two weeks because my husband-in-law's employee, I could not do anymore. I have to go help him with his business. By door knocking two weeks, prior to these people got their mail-in ballot, I had two more votes in mail-in ballot than my Republican candidate. I was running as independent by going out door knocking before people mailing their ballot. So right there, I thought, oh my God, there's a... It, there's a truth to be mail-in ballot, right? If you knock on these doors, they have their ballot in hand. They say, well, I talked to this person. I like her. Nobody knocks on my door. I'm going to check the box and send it in. Just by doing for, just by September, I forgot, two weeks after Labor Day, I got two more votes. Mm -hmm. That is telling. So start campaigning early. That's another thing with Republicans. They don't want to campaign. There's no campaigning. Until we're going to campaign in October. No, no, no. You campaign now. Yesterday. You need to campaign during the primary. You know, I, I, I was talking to quite a few Republicans. I said, we have this show. We can help you with the campaign. Come on our show, blah, blah, blah. They said, oh, we're going to wait till after the primary. We're shooing on the primary, so we don't need to campaign. Well, if you're shooing on the primary, that's just on one side. You should... Have plenty of time to knock on the Democrats' door, knock on the Independents' door. And yeah. get the Republicans out to vote for you, the ones that did not go out to vote. So if you look at the primary counts and the total mail, total counts, all Democrats have more count than Republicans. Yes. Well, and it's it's heavily Democrat areas. We're looking at 60 70% Democrat. So but turnout is the turnout. You cannot, right, well, turnout too, but we can't win the turnout until we get our mail-in ballots up. I mean, it's, it's so, you know, the, but we're not going to do any of these things if the party is internally divided and right. if we don't grow. So I, I put together a graphic. It's, you know, the Mickey Mouse, yeah. you know, a big circle, 
and two smaller circles for ears. Imagine the left ear is the political left. These are the people that are passionate, they're engaged, they're active in the committees and in doing the work. They're a relatively small group of people. Okay, on the right you have the same thing. Your pat there's these are two relatively small groups of people that are actually involved in doing the politics and passionate. The mm -hmm. big circle is everybody else. They're doing their life. They're more casual about their news. You know, they they go to concerts and they go to movies and, uh, you know, a lot of their views come kind of by osmosis. Right. They just absorb what's going on with local news, things like that. They don't really dig into it. Those people are largely Democrat in this area, 60, 70 percent, depending on where you are. We always say Democrats are going to agree with us on this issue, on this issue, on this issue. Well, that's true if you can communicate to them. Right. So the problem is that the Democrats have done such a good job of saying this ear, the, the, the uh, right wing ear is extremist. Don't listen to them. So. What we have to do is change that. We need to start presenting ourselves and talking about issues that persuade someone else. So going more and more extreme, overreacting to every little thing is not going to persuade people in that big circle to vote for you. It's just going to confirm what they've been already told, which is you're this far you know, extremist threat to democracy. So people need to present themselves and have a message and have a platform that speaks to the moderate voters. You have to think more about what other people care about and how they're influenced and less about you yourself. Because it's, it's it, you know, you can't live the extremist. Well, there's a three big questions I think the Republican needs to ask the general masses, right? Here's a question I will ask. Would you like to see your property tax increase in the next four or five years? Would you like to see your children academically not accelerating in school? Would you like to see your kids to be putting on puberty blocker without your consent? Three big questions. Yep. And I guarantee you every one of those answers will be no. Okay, if you don't want that, you need to vote for this person because that person you're voting for will guarantee to increase all of your county taxes. Would you like a century city? Would you like Allegheny County to have influx of migrants where they all sleeping on the streets? That's what happened in Boston. That's what happened in Portland. That's what happened to all these places. Well, let, let me give you an example. So conservatives, and I think moderates, don't want children to be pushed into this transgender stuff. They want parents to have a say they want parents involved in these life-changing decisions exactly okay? everyone would agree with that yes. so one aspect of that is conservatives saying that family friendly taking having drag performances for kids is a bad thing it's been done around the country in some schools children's mm -hmm. organizations community centers you know kids drag shows bad thing everybody with a, most people are going to agree with that. Well, there was a local brewery in a farther north suburb that was having a drag show. They were selling 100 tickets, a drag brunch. It just passed this past weekend. The, band, the uh, brochure for it said 18 plus. So mm -hmm. it's, an, it's an adult drag show. 
Well, they received a whole bunch of attacks on on social media. Uh, people complained, oh, we don't want this in our town. This is inappropriate. This is a, But now I don't know if the 18 plus was always on there, but it was added. So I went on the Facebook. There was just a handful of people opposing it, a whole bunch of people supporting it. And anyone in the middle reading that says, yeah, they're they're transphobic. They don't have a good argument here. These are adults. These are adults in a ticketed event. So you have to actually buy it. You're not going to casually just walk in and stumble. Oh, my goodness. I'm in a drag show. It's ticketed. It's sold out. And it's adult. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I again, I think so. You know that you're against doing this with children. The opposition is saying you're transphobic. You hate trans people. You're a bigot. Okay. So how people address this issue supported the transphobic argument. When you say, I don't want this in my town. These people are degenerates. It has no place. This and that. And the counter argument is, look, it's adults. It's ticketed. It's an adult decision. You're just a bigot. You just hate trans people. They win that argument. Right. So for onlookers or people that or maybe even people that agree with them, they go, yeah, I don't want to. I agree with them that that shouldn't be for kids, but I can't align myself with them. I don't want to be called a bigot and a transphobe. So we got to stop doing that. In Florida, Ron DeSantis passed a parents rights bill. This Mm -hmm. bill was to protect parents' rights. The opposition named it the Don't Gay, Say Gay bill, which was a total mischaracterization of what it was. What did Republicans in the right do? They adopted that label. They used that frame. They they talked about it as the Don't Say Gay bill, which was stupid. Why would you do that? Why would you use their framing of it? You have to. So that's what I'm saying about the three circles. You have to think about how the people that aren't really engaged, that aren't digging into these issues, they don't know everything that you know. They don't have all the background. They haven't seen all the videos that you've seen and things. So you have to. All they see is you. All they see is you and how you argue your position. So you need to think about how you're how you're presenting yourself and your issue. So whether you like that drag show in your town or not it's definitely an adult thing you have a poor argument just don't fight it don't even go there because you just undermine yourself and you push people to the other side well here's the thing so we do have the constitution people have the freedom to do what they wish i'll give you the perfect example with this trans person come to my bar and sing karaoke they're minding their own business. No, you know, they're not bothering anybody. They're not throwing themselves on anybody. My son is 12 years old. He starts to sing karaoke. He look at this person as a female that doesn't think anything of it. Is a group of four to five guys, black and white guys, they're old. They're making a fuss out of it. I'm the one who have to go tell them, you guys need to pipe it down. Leave this person alone. Just sing join the party have a great time it is you know i so me as a conservative i was fighting to protect this trans person's right to have a great time at a bar which most adults were there except for my own kid and he looked like i told you she looks beautiful and she's not throwing anybody now Yes, if you have a local festival where all family are attending, people have little children, you have these drag queen teaching kids to pole dance, I do have a problem with that. But if it's an 18-year-old and older, 
you buy a ticket, it's being watched. It's just like bingo halls. You have all these old lady go to do drag queen bingo. Guess what? They have a great time doing it. They're grown adults. It's an entertainment. It's right. You make your own decision. So you're absolutely right. You have to separate the two. It's same thing with a lot of the social issues. If the Republican Party is a weird party of freedom, even at our church, right? We have to, we go live our life based on the Bible as much as we can. We're sinners. We're not perfect. However, it's not up to us to judge. We're not here to judge. God is there to judge. My main thing is don't confuse the kids and give women back our rights. Conservatives want to tell this business what they can do with adults. Well, we have a public shooting range here in a in a local mall not far from my house. So yeah. there were left wingers that vehemently opposed that. They fought it. They fought. They didn't want to allow this business to open and operate an indoor shooting range. To them, that was this big threat to their safety and and everything else. But. They didn't win, okay? The business went ahead, and, you, you know, on that side, you say, hey, all the arguments you would use to say these people should be allowed to do their business, do what they want, apply those same arguments to what happened in Zealy and Opal. And right. say, well, okay, I may not like it. I may know that some of these people are the people that are going to approve of doing this with children, but that's not what's happening right there at that event. So, you can't make those claims. Don't take these little things and blow them out of proportion. I mean, don't be a hypocrite, really. Well, I, mean, well, I was talking to my girlfriend. I said, what happened? The extreme right, the extreme left, they all have the bigger microphone. Majority of the people, whether what party you're from or what race you're from, are in the middle. We're very reasonable, common sense people. How are the, the fact that the people in the middle are the ones that are losing? Right. right, the people like you and I, we're losing. They're the extreme rights and extreme left. They're winning. They have their microphone. They have the media to to you know say what they yes. to say. But people like us are losing. I was sitting at the bar talking to three young men, twenty five a twenty five year old, forty year old black two black guys, and one twenty some year old you know um, white guy. They all have buns, they're very matrosexual, not the 40-year-old black guy, he's actually very manly. And they all say, we're waking up. They start seeing, they're saying, we're waking up, we're seeing what's going on. However, they also feel like there's nothing they can do about it. Where are you going to go? Well, is that what they feel like? They don't see. That's the thing. The Republicans then need to attract these people. They need to have doing that to attract people. What's that? They're not doing it because no. if you go to these people's house and say, hey, here's a mail-in ballot. Can you please mail it in in the next 52 days? The chances are these people are going to mail in a ballot, vote for Republican, the people they agree upon, because majority of the policy Republican has, the people I talk to, left or, you know, whether they're Democrat or Republican, I'm not talking about the extremists. I'm talking about people in the middle. Majority of the people agree with a lot of the Republican policies. However, are you going to guarantee these people will be motivated to go out to vote on a Tuesday? No. Mm-hmm. Why? Right. Because some of them might, like, for example, I work six days a week. 
Monday is my day off. Tuesday, I have to get up, get back, get up, back to work. Throughout my busy schedule in a day, can I fit voting as part of my schedule? No. Chances are, if I have my bell and bell sit at my house, I check the box, I mail it in, I'm done. You're absolutely correct. So. The fact that Republicans sit there and say we have to get rid of mail-in ballot but not doing anything about it. Just by you talking about it, you're not going to get rid of it. You have to vote the right people in, get the voters out. And here's the thing. If Republicans start winning elections, mail-in ballot would go away because the other side is going to say we have to get rid of mail-in ballot. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So where there's holes, we could fix them. But right now, the way it is, I mean, you're out of the game. Republicans aren't even in the mail-in ballot game. You have no, no influence over it. You're you you think you're doing something by disrupting Republicans, you know, creating chaos within the Republican Party, but you're doing literally nothing. Because like you just said, as long as Republicans continue to lose, these mail-in ballots are never going to change ever. No. Nope. No. Nope. So if they Noth- in fact, nothing's going to change. Nothing is going to change. <laughs> and here's another thing. If a Republican Party go down to the border, hand every illegal migrant a registration form, register them Republican, you see how fast that border will be closed. Mm-hmm. So what the left is really good at, they're really good at feel-good framing of their issues. They always frame it as something feel-good and demonizing any opposition. They do a right. great job of that. And they have a lot of help. They have... Ninety percent of the the media that influences ninety percent of our culture, they have it. They have Hollywood. They have the entertainment, music. They have education system. So all these same people are are adopted their worldview, and they they can they propagate their message. So that means for Republicans to come out of this extremist hole that we're in, we have to be that much better. We have to be almost perfect in how we present ourselves because we're at a severe disadvantage right now. That's just the reality. It's like a woman, you know, going in the first women that became police officers saying you got to be that much better just to be equal with the men. It's the same way with Republicans. We got to be that much better just to have people pay attention to us and take us seriously. Well, I'll give you an example. I'm an immigrant, right? I came from China. Traditionally, I'm I'm not a florist. I didn't realize that until I got into the floor industry because 90% of the higher paid designer or getting the rich people's business are gay men. I'm at a disadvantage when I enter the floor business. I'm Chinese. I'm an immigrant. And gay men can go in front of a very wealthy lady. They will automatically be assuming they're great designers, Right. I'm the opposite. They look at me like, you should be an accountant. Now somebody can design flowers. So I have to work that much harder to build my reputation in the business. I have to lose money initially just so people will give me a chance to see my work. The problem today's world is people are no longer wanting to, to pay the price in the beginning to get the accolade at the end. They want to get that right now, right away. Yep. Okay. So my 12-year-old son, unbeknown to me, had a YouTube channel two years ago when he was 10. Now, he changed the name. He started putting his own content on. He had 300 subscribers. He, he had 
60 subscribers in the beginning. Lately, he said, I have 300 subscribers, and some of the stuff I have, it's had like over 1,000 views, and some of them like tens of thousands of views. But he also know in order to monetize this, he need to get to a thousand subscriber on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And his content is monetizable. I guarantee you, if this kid gets to 16 years old and gets over a thousand subscriber, if my son's channel start monetizing, people going to call that's an overnight sensation. Now, knowing he has put content in the channel since he was 10 years old. Now, if that happens, correct? So... Mm -hmm. People are looking at them, never want to see the struggle behind someone. They always want to see, oh, you have this, you have that. And yep. I had an employee said, oh, you guys have three businesses and you have different vehicles. <laughs> yeah, we struggled 30 years to get to this point. So, and we're still struggling. So bring this back to uh, politics then. You, I, I think I know where you're going with it, but this whole idea of where all the hard work it takes to get to achieve something. You were going to apply that to the Republican Party? Yes, because if you look at the Democrat Party, they cultivate their candidates for years before these candidates get somewhere. And Republicans okay. say, oh, this is, a, this is a new running cycle. Who wants to run? Everybody come out that has never been involved in their local community. They have never. Oh, we're going to run because right. Trump. We want to run because of Trump. OK, nobody knows who they are. They were never involved. Now seeing, and then when somebody wins, they're like, never heard of that person. How did they win? Well, now knowing these people have been cultivated within the Democratic Party for much, for years and years. That's yep. what I meant. Yeah, I, not I, you're right. Right on. And I, I so, so I'm, I'm totally agreeing with you. I just want to, to summarize it with summarize we need to it. unite and grow. We need to grow this thing. I mean, what what are these people that are all about the one issue and Trump? What are they going to do if Trump doesn't win this election, or if he does win and then he finishes his term? Then what? I mean, Trump is eighty away? years. Trump is going to be eighty years old. Mm -hmm. Nobody lives forever either. I'm excited by the progress that's been made on these critical issues, and it's all happened because Republicans won Congress. That's the only way you're going to change anything only is way. if people that generally agree with you win office. And then not only will they take your side, but you can then influence them. I mean, you have no influence over a Democrat congressperson. They're not going to listen to you. Oh, you're one of those people. Go away. But you yep. can reunite and influence a Republican in office. So all this rhino purist stuff, you're just slitting your own throat. It's all you're doing. You're not helping anybody. You're just slitting your own throat. You're not even helping Trump. No. And I have to say, Kevin McCarthy has been extremely impressive. Right. So, all right, we got to wrap this up. All right. Thanks, Sherry. Have a great day. Have a good one.